podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? So it's, uh, all- Hello everybody and welcome to Further Love of Pomegranate Podcast. I hope I haven't broken the internet because I'm not 100% sure what I'm doing with this streaming software. It may look very similar to what you guys may see previously, but it ain't. Okay, anyway, that's less of this and less of the panic for me and more of the how are you guys doing because what we are going to do today is we're going to have a... a Suppose I look forward towards the, the uh, Carabao Cup game against Manchester United, but also you guys know I've got him on, uh, and this time we do have a stable connection, and uh, that is Paddy is here, and he's going to be chatting to us as well. So, Paddy, how are things with you? Do you see that? You see that lovely fancy little transition that happened there? I don't know if anyone else see that. It flipped up the upwards, flipped around, you know. Neil, I, I don't know what you do. Like I, I use the one system, and then you you switch it. Over I change and... it all up, and you. I change it all up, and you. Yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. know that I'm too old for this crack now. <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm 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 too old for this crack as well. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paddy. Look, I suppose we've got déjà vu, a déjà vu podcast. Um, we have um Manchester United again on Thursday Ho- night. Hope it is déjà vu. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing Luca Dean Penguin in eleven minutes again. That would be fantastic. But we do have Man United again um, on Thursday night. But before we get into that, let's bask in the glory and the nostalgia of the day of of last Sunday as well. I know I had you in the whole whole suite. We only got precious precious few words from you because of the connection, and I couldn't really hear you. So talk to me about the atmosphere at the game. What did you see? What um. Uh, what did you? Uh, what, what was the, the atmosphere? Because I'll be honest with you, even though you said it, I couldn't really hear you. Right. <laughs> well, I, I suppose you know after after twenty seven years, there was always that apprehension from the start. And in fairness to the crowd, I think I think from the word go, they got behind the team, they got behind the manager, they were singing his name very early. Um, for me, I I, I honestly other other than playoff semi-finals getting to Wembley I don't remember an atmosphere like it I thought it was incredible I thought it really was and after after watching the whole game back there as I said to you before we come on that didn't come across the same as it did the day (laughs) I sat there on Sunday and and that's hard to explain because a lot of people say you know normally when I look back I go geez that that sounded a bit different to what, what I remember and that's usually because I've had 10 points (laughs) <laughs> but I didn't, didn't have any points, so uh, yeah. So th- it's it, it was a strange day because you know e- even at three one up and six minutes injury time flashing up on the screen that you're going oh shit that's still enough time for them to score two goals, yeah. even though it never felt like it was any danger from the moment we scored the third one. But uh, yeah, it's, it's it's always a worry with Man United. So um, there was always that little bit of apprehension. But I thought just the atmosphere and the occasion and the end. And you know, if ever there was a time for don't look back in anger, it was then. And and they didn't use it. But they they didn't go into Sweet Caroline, thankfully. So you know, it was it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it. It was just 
uh, a pinch me moment then waking up Monday morning because I didn't get home till three o'clock at night. <laughs> three o'clock in the morning, I should say. So so to be up up for work and you're going, did that did that actually happen? Yeah. You know, you you've you've got that long drive when you get off the off the flight and, and it's just it was a lot easier to, to do that drive at one o'clock in the morning than it usually is. So I, I loved it. I loved every minute of the day. I met so many good people. I met so many people come up and, and say, oh, are you Paddy from the podcast? Lovely to meet you. And, you know, it's brilliant. It really it really is so nice. Yeah. And I've had so many messages and photos from fellas when I, since I came back to say thanks very much for stopping for chats and, and what have you. And I, I can safely say it's, it's, it's the one day that I stopped the most times to talk to people. So, um, and even after... We went off air in the whole pub. A guy was sitting across the table, was watching. And he goes, "This is really weird." He said, "Because I'm usually watching this at home." And he says, "No, no, I'm watching you across the table doing this <laughs> for the podcast." So uh, I'm sorry if I was really quiet in the whole pub. I didn't want to look like a, a pompous fool recording a podcast in the whole pub. But I, I just it was it was starting to rain. I couldn't get any coverage. I was you know it was cold. So it was the best place to come on and do a few minutes. So we got in there eventually, but. Uh, yeah, so exciting times ahead. That's that's the only way I, I can I can look at it. Having said that, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if we went out and got beaten on Thursday. But you know, I think I'll set, I'll think I'll take yeah. Sunday for getting beaten on Thursday. Although I'm hoping we don't. Obviously, yeah. And, and look, I'm the same as I say. You know, we did that kind of a poll. Well, I'll be in an official poll in the comments uh, previously, and we were kind of asking what would we prefer to win on Sunday or to win on the Thursday. Um, and now, as I say that, I'm thinking, did I do that? Was I involved in that in this podcast? Because I did about <laughs> ninety four and a half thousand podcasts before the game on Sunday. Uh, but actually, I I think I've just I've done about three podcasts a day between. Uh, when Stephen Gerrard got sacked and, and Sunday. And, and I was even on two other podcasts as well today. So um, they all roll into one. They're all brilliant, by the way. And everybody who takes the time to do them and asks me to go on, I do appreciate it. But um, I remember being I remember the question being asked of would I prefer to win on Sunday or prefer to win on Thursday? And the obvious answer was you, you want to win both. You want to get something from both. But yeah. I kind of said, you know what? I, I, I would be more hopeful that we would get a win in the cup, but now that we've got the win on Sunday, I want to win on Thursday as well. And I don't think I don't don't see any reason why we shouldn't go out Everyone there and try and get it. And yeah. and you know what? I, I was always of the opinion that a win on Sunday was more important. And the reason for that being our league position and the fact that we go into that the last thing you want to do is to go into that World Cup break being in the bottom three. And I think it's virtually impossible now that I think all the teams below us and some of them play each other would need to win. So I think it's virtually impossible that we uh we, we go into the bottom three. So um yeah, it's it was definitely the most important one to win. And then, you know, it's a knock on effect of being in the bottom three. You're going into the bottom three at Christmas, you've you've got to play Liverpool and Spurs directly after and 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 Wolves who would be out to get us and would be in around us. So I felt it was really important to get that win on Sunday. Um obviously very important to get the win on the following Sunday too, because mm. he he's going to bring in a couple of bodies. I'm absolutely sure of that. He's going to bring in a couple of bodies in January. So it was important for us to be an attractive outfit. And the amazing thing is, we we now sit eight points behind Man United in fifth place. We're also only five points off the bottom team. Yeah, so that just shows you how congested that Premier League is, and the amazing thing that you could do with a couple of wins. So to get the win on Sunday was absolutely incredible. I, I just, 
I, I, find, I find it hard to put into words. I can't, I can't even slag any Man United fans because I know it could bite me on the arse again on Thursday. But Sunday was very important. It was very important, I felt, for the club going forward and to wait 27 years. And and to listen there, I, I just watched watch the game back for the first time because I was so tired yesterday, I couldn't. But to listen to Brian Little and, and Brian yes. Little was in charge the last time that we were... Um, that we that we won that fixture, so yeah, it's 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 kind of a bit of a nostalgia moment there, and and I met Brian Little on on Sunday, and uh, all all loads of people were queuing up looking to see if they could find the modern day heroes, and there's Brian Little walking behind us, and we stopped him for a picture with Stephen, and I must say, as usual, absolutely, I must say the beard looks very fetching on Brian Little, doesn't it? Yeah, I like the cut. I like the beard. The beard suits him. It's te- why did yeah. it take him this long to grow it? So then I'd, I'd have asked him. Not really suits him. <laughs> I met. An, I actually met another bearded man on uh, on Sunday, as you know, our, our captain from nineteen eighty two, and I must say, I'd never met him before, and I turned the corner to head towards the whole pub, and he was getting out of his car. And I actually froze for the first time ever, I think, in meeting a famous person. Because <laughs> I'd never met him before. I think I've met every other player that played in 1982, and I'd never met him. And it was just like... Uh, uh, what are the chances? Do you mind if I take a picture with Steve? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, yeah, can I get one too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah push so. the, it's like push the gun out, or push, the, the, push your son out in front of the car first, and then you can cross the road kind of a job, <laughs> is it? <laughs> something, something like that, yeah. So I, I, I think all around it was just a, just a magical day. It really was. It was incredible. I just can't I can't put it into words. Um, the performance itself, you know, I, even watching it back there, it's hard to comprehend how he got such a tune out of those guys in the space of three days. Because to look, to look at the formulas that he put together, um. And and even the ones that went unnoticed, the then Donker ones, the the Buendia yes. ones, dropping back into that eight position to pick up the ball, to to make that triangle, it was just a really really good watch. I I I just cannot, like I I find it, find it very hard to watch a, a match back. I had to watch that one back, um, and I enjoyed every minute of it. I really did yeah. because all the things I thought I saw on Sunday, I saw, and yeah. it was just. You know, to see those fullbacks have so much time on the ball, more Luca Dean than than Matty Cash, in fairness, because the ball went to Mings more often from from the kick out. Um, so yeah, it was it was really good to watch. It was really good to watch it back. It was really good to watch the work rate of all of the players on the pitch. There's very few players, if any, that you can that you can fault their work rate from from Sunday. Um, it it was a really really special performance. And it was it was a pleasure to be there to see it. It really was. It's just magic. And if this is a sign of things to come, if that's what he can do in three or four days, as I said on Sunday, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do in the future. And there will be bad days, and Thursday could be a bad day. Hmm. And you know, we we've we've got to look at the long term and and not and not be too down with what happens between now and 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 this time next year, because there's a lot that can go wrong. So Absolutely. we've uh, we've a long way to go. It was a great start, but by God, am I impressed with what I've seen so far? Um, Paddy, can I, I guys here? The, I give him the clue what Paddy can see on the screen and what he can't see on the screen. So okay. I'm flashing up a, ca- a comment here from Dear McBurn, Paddy, a man you know very well. He asked, "Is Dendonker? Dendonker is a far better six, in my opinion, than McGinn. 
he's competing with Ramsey now. And what are your thoughts? I suppose I think that's what, what are your thoughts on, on McGinn not being started? And do you think it was a horses for courses position uh, at the weekend? I personally think it was. And I think that John McGinn probably gets a start on Thursday. Um, but I don't think that there'll be wholesale changes. I think that I think he'd be smart with who he brings in. They'll bring in players and, and he will definitely bring in players. But I think he'd be smart with who he brings in. But what do you feel, Paddy? Well, I, I think Thursday is a strange one. I think if I think if we were playing uh, even a championship team, we'd see wholesale changes. But we're playing a Man United team who are having a bad week. Um, they they only got to the the knockout phases of the. They had, they have to play an extra round basically of 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 the Europa League and and, yeah. they, and they drew Barcelona. Then 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 they get beaten by us and and now they've got to play us again. On uh, on Thursday, um, and I think they've another tough fixture at the weekend as well. So I envisage they're going to put out a decent enough team because they w- they'll want to stop the rod after losing to us, and they'll, they'll want a bit of revenge. I would imagine. So I would imagine we'd see near enough the same team. We will see a couple of changes. I I'd imagine he'll probably rest Luca Dean after pulling up a cramp at the weekend. He'll want him for Brighton. He might play Ashley Young. Um, other than that. I, I don't know. I don't know if he mixes it up. I don't know if he brings him again. The, the one change he does have to make is Den Donker because Den Donker is now cup tied, isn't he? Most likely. Yeah, most likely. Den so, Donker and Bednarak can't play. Um, so those two will have to be replaced in one way or other. So the, that that's where that's where we see the changes come in. Um. Yeah, AVFC Stato has a statistic up there as well that says Aston Villa have beaten Manchester United in their last two League Cup game third round ties in 1992 and in 1999, Paddy. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a funny one. Whenever Villa draw against, against United in any, in any game, in any Cup game at all, but even specifically in the League Cup, who's the first person that comes to mind for you, Paddy? When they when they draw Man United, in the yeah. League. So like when it gets dropped when it, when they get drawn out of the pot together, it's Aston Villa versus United in a cup game. Who's the first person that comes to mind for you? Uh, Paul Scholes. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. That FA Cup goal at Villa Park absolutely broke my heart that day. The, oh yeah, the, sorry. The strike. Um, it's just. I just have you know you grow up in Ireland. If if you don't support Man United, you hate Man United. I think it's the same in England as well. They've just they've just bossed football for the last thirty years and broke everybody's yeah. hearts. So we just seem to get them a third round stage. I know it's mostly in the FA Cup. That's that's the memories that I have. And uh, ninety two and ninety nine. I remember I was in work for both of those. So uh, it was um, I missed both of them. Uh, obviously midweek toys. Um, I could be in work on Thursday night. So if I'm in work on Thursday night, then if I have the same result, I'll be very, very happy. Well, first person that comes to mind for me is Nemanja Vidic. I, I, it's just burnt into my mind after that League Cup final um, and how he didn't get a red card. It's just burnt into my mind. and, and, and Not filled was, out, no. Well, it's Nemanja Vidic is, was the person who did the foul. You know, like... Mm. like I had, a, I had an in-depth conversation today about VAR and, and, and another podca- podcast called a Real Football Podcast. And we're talking about VAR. Um, I actually, I, I alluded to the Lissandro um, Martinez elbow strikes 
It's like something out of UFC that went unpunished. But the big thing was that they were talking about the Trent Alexander-Arnold and blah, blah. Anyway, that, that kind of thing. And, and I was kind of saying that, you know, um, there's there was also a, a situation, I think it was Anthony, no, was it? wasn't I, I can't remember who it was somebody anyway dived in the box and it was a penalty was given and then var they over, overturned the penalty and it was no penalty but the person who dived didn't get a yellow card um and we were talking about why that should happen and why it shouldn't happen and what my feelings were on it and i think he should have got a yellow card because at the moment and and it's an attacker so it wasn't like that back in the day a defender could do what he wanted to an attacker and hope he got away with it if he didn't get away with it it was going to be a penalty if he got away with it it was brilliant and Vidic did that so with a red card situation Vidic did that whereas when an attacker dives in the box if it's found found that he was a dive and it wasn't a foul he should be yellow carded at that stage because it takes the impetus off them trying to get away with it if that makes sense and and the reason i bring that up as i say is that Vidic just did what he thought he could get away with or he said he'd do it and he'd let the referee make the make the decision Ooh. the referee made the decision and he made the wrong one and that that completely changed the outcome and of that game that's why it sticks that's why Phil Dowd is what sticks yeah. out for me because i i was sat behind that goal in premium level amongst thousands upon thousands of Man United fans and I was absolutely raged is not the word and I just saw coward and that's the, the minute I see yeah. filled out on anything I see coward that man was afraid of Alex Ferguson that man was afraid of Man United throughout his whole career and if he if he came on our podcast I would tell him that to his face because that's <laughs> the only way I'm ever going to meet him but I, I have a complete dislike of Phil Dowd and I have a complete dislike of every referee. I have a complete dislike of Anthony Taylor after the weekend because I thought he was absolutely rubbish. Yeah, yeah, it was rubbish. It was the worst display of a referee for a game we've ever won. <laughs> yeah, well, that, hey, that that's a statement in itself, Paddy, because yeah. usually, usually we can't, we don't have the mental fortitude to battle through it. But uh, exactly. thank God we did it the weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, like he very nearly ruined that second half. Every 50-50, he just, he, he gave them everything. The, the ironic cheers when he eventually did have to give us a, a, a free kick um, was absolutely, was was just baffling. Um, Martinez, how that guy stayed on the pitch, let alone didn't pick up a yellow card. Like, he went straight through the back of Dale, Bailey after a few minutes and got away with it. Yeah. Um, he pushed Watkins over the end line shortly after that. He had he two elbows or three elbows on Bailey. The three elbows, yeah. Despite the fact of the trajectory of his body was malicious in that that's not shielding the ball out of play. That's playing the man. And the linesman, it, it slowed it down there to tell you, the linesman's looking away from it when the, when the contact is actually made, which is pathetic in itself. And then Sanson come on and, and he cynically upended him and nothing again. So... Don't tell me that they're still not protecting Man United or they're still not afraid of Man United. They absolutely are. And they're rubbish. They're absolutely pathetic. Um, Douglas Louise absolutely cleaned out of it, landed on the ball, and then done for handball. Yeah. The mind boggles to work to like to who to who thinks the, what these guys are doing are, are is right. And I'm, I promised myself I wouldn't get into a negative rant about it, but he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. But you know what? I feel a whole lot better when we win mm. when we have to put up with that. Against adversity. But my, my fear on Thursday is I doubt there will be VAR at this stage of the competition. Um, I tried to look it up today to, to work it out. I know I know at the early stages of the FA Cup last year there was no VAR. So 
we want our VAR to protect us. So if there is any dives on Thursday, you can be but, sure. You can be sure they'll be pointing to the spot straight away. Well, I suppose we didn't have VAR to protect us last week either. Or on Sunday either, you know, specifically uh, from from tackles and from situations that needed to be looked at. But um, like the Ronaldo situation there, one of the, one or two of the guys there, uh, apologies, guys, I, I'm po- popping up comments, but it's not in the same place and it's a bit more difficult to get to in this software. Uh, I'm, so I, I do apologize. Um, uh, the Ronaldo and Mings thing, like yeah. for, for me when that turned into a, a, a guy falling to the ground, it was 100% Ronaldo's fault at that stage. Um, I said it in the post-match as well. Like, Ronaldo is... A, Ronaldo is... Like, he, he's he's at risk of staying too long to become... Like, you know the way when, when you overstay your welcome and then all of a sudden people begin to resent you? And it's only the really best, best, best that can do that. Like, Tom Brady is doing it in, in the NFL at the moment. Um, you know, but... Father Time catches up with everybody, and Father mm. Time is undefeated. Um, and and you see the way Ronaldo strapped her on the field there. He does like no matter how good he looks with his top off or whatever, it he's not Ronaldo of, of five years ago or even three years ago. And when the goals dry up, he starts to blame everyone but himself. And look, I feel sorry for him in a way because when you start to do that, or when you start to not realize that you aren't the guy that you were 20, 30, or, or sorry, three, four, three to five years ago, and you start trying to cheat Mother Nature and Father Time, and you can't come to terms with it. It, it, it kind of, and it happens, people. It happens, it happens, sports stars, that they can't come to terms with that. And it can be a small bit, you know, it can be a small bit, I feel sorry for people that that happens to at times. And mm-hmm. I felt sorry for him in, in, in this game, just for <clears> the singular <throat> point. No, I don't feel sorry for him that he couldn't score but little things like that where he tries to do this this pantomime villain stuff to try and G himself up and G up the team. But you can see that the, the team are looking at him going, you clown, will you stop? You know, yeah. like what, what, what kind of Mickey acting are you going to do today? It's going to upset us as opposed to you think you're being the leader in the team. So he's almost, his star is diminishing from a leadership point of view and it's certainly not there if he isn't scoring goals. Now, saying that, I fully expect him to start on Thursday night. And uh, you know, I I would uh, I, I wouldn't put it behind behind him to score a goal or two. But what I'm saying is that when he's not scoring goals, the leadership leadership um, piece for him is non-existent anymore. And uh, I think that's a bit sad as well to see because look, there's no way of dancing around it. One of the best players to ever lace up a pair of boots, and you know, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't even put him in the top ten. I would look statistically, he is he's the, he's the best goal scorer. I don't, I don't of all care. Time. I don't care what anyone says. I know. The guy, the guy has been an amazing footballer, but he's also been really bad for football, and he's changed the mindset of a lot of young people, and the, and the way young people try to replicate the the shit that he basically got away with over the years, and the petulance and the diving and everything else he got away with over the years. There's there's a whole lot of grey area with Ronaldo. He's supposed to be this amazing free kick taker. No, he's not. <laughs> Look at the stats; they'll tell you many. Yeah, missed, yeah. You know, he barely even hits the target with them. In general, um, I I will I will forever remember Ronaldo for his performance on Sunday because that's probably the last time I'll see him in the flesh, and it was yeah. the worst I've ever seen him play. So I enjoyed it, and I just I was listening there on the on the TV. I know on the whole end when when it sounded like they were booing him, but what they're actually everyone on the whole end when he was playing him over the bar was yeah. Sue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I enjoy I enjoyed that too. 
Um, there's a couple of chants about him that I wouldn't repeat as well. Yeah. Um, but the one I enjoyed the most was he's gonna cry in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he did look that, like he was gonna cry. That's exactly man. how it looked. Yeah, yeah that's a hundred percent how it looked that he was gonna cry. He was just he just looked like a man defeated, as you say. And look, I I know how he's feeling because you know I I I always said life ends when you can't play football. And at the moment, I'm having a lot of problems with my knees. And the doctor says, I think it's time, Paddy, that you stop playing football. And I'm like, I can't. I just can't give it up. And, and he's, he Paddy. just strikes me as that guy who's standing there going, I used to be an amazing footballer and I'm not giving this up for nobody. And I'll keep going as long as I want to go on. But uh, he's finished. He is. He's finished. And then, give up the football as you rightly say, he will, he will score on Thursday. Give up the football and learn all about uh, video production there, Paddy, so, uh, so that I don't have to do it, will you? Because, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm finding tonight's stream tough. If I was an octopus, I think I'd still be trying to find it tough, uh, trying to find where everything I need to click on is. It's certainly not as as, as, as easy a piece of software as, as StreamYard was. And God bless StreamYard. I won't say a bad word about it. Um, could be going the, back to them very quickly. Well, it, it, it was there was never anything wrong with it. The only thing that I had, the only thing was I just wanted to try and make. I I, I sometimes don't like customize. Or I don't like when you can't customize things. And uh, yeah, as I say, we'll we'll have another crack at it, and we've the World Cup anyway, so we can we can try yeah. things out during then. And we're not going anywhere during the World Cup as well. By the way, everybody, do not worry when when you think there's no nothing to be podcasting about. That's where my brain goes into overdrive. May not like all the podcasts I do, but we won't be going anywhere. So if you're ever stuck and lonely on a Tuesday night at half past nine during the World Cup, you can always come in here for a big hug, hug from Uncle Neil. Um, it's creepy and all as that sounds. Neil, I, uh, I, have, I have some news. Or some you good do news have some news. Just about to throw it over to you. <laughs> good news and some bad news. The good news is we have some new merch on yeah, sale on our website. The bad news is, unfortunately it's only available in the UK and the reason for that will become apparent in about 10 seconds. So Kevin Barry, who is, uh, sorry, Kevin Barry Adams Crystal, who is in, based in Birmingham, has made these for the love of Paul McGrath point glasses. Take a, take a big swig out of that there, Paddy, and I think we'll be able to see the, the logo a small bit better. Yeah, I think you can see it there. It's a, it's a sandblasted, um, embossed glass uh, with the logo with the For the Love of Paul McGrath uh, logo. It's slightly more than a point. The glass holds as well. Um, I'm, I'm making, I'm making, uh, I'm making up stuff here about the glass. <laughs> There's so much you can say about it. No, it only, take, it only holds a point, Neil. <laughs> no, well, is, is it a pint or is it 500 milliliters? Because no, that makes point. a big difference. <laughs> if it's a pint, if it's a pint, it's four five four, isn't that right? And 500 milliliters is slightly more than a pint. Either way, um, Christmas is coming. Yeah. Uh, for love of Paul McGrath, point glass is available. You do have the option to have a name inscribed there. We will share later. We we did a test run, and we sent it to our old friend Kieran O'Callaghan, and uh, we we will share on social media later on a picture of Kieran's with his with his name underneath, uh, and I bumped into Kieran outside the whole suite on uh, on Sunday. Would he had a worse hangover than you had? So uh, yeah, so his his glass got there in one piece. Obviously, that's the the unfortunate thing is getting these shipped to Ireland is. Worrying about them breaking and worrying about and, and, the expense of it. So what what we might try and do before Christmas is get Kevin to to send a box of them over, and we'll try and ship them internally here. Mm. But uh, no promises on that just yet. 
and getting them fully worldwide it becomes even more difficult because yeah. here in Ireland when you're sending glassware and stuff like that outside of the country you have to insure it and just, just the price spirals at that stage and you exactly. know we, we don't want anybody uh, we don't want to put up something that's going to cost like 40 quid for one pint glass or something where yeah. you include postage and insurance and that's why and as I say we'd love to be able to put, to put stuff like that worldwide and if anybody knows of anywhere that we can maybe get drop shipping or something like that hit me up in the DMs for sure because I'd be mad uh, I'd be mad to, to to explore it but Kevin is uh, as Paddy's, Paddy knows Kevin for how long? Ten many years. many years more Ten years, years than i care to remember exactly yeah yeah going back and forth the villa and, and and kevin has been very good to 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 supply us with those so um if somebody's looking for one for christmas um we will share the the link actually if you we have a, we have a website for the love of pomegranate.com i think yeah and uh, it's up there and you can see it there's there's a little merch section in there and you can actually you can actually see the the, the pint glasses there um they aren't live to be purchased just yet, but they should be. I, I'm going to set them to be live to be purchased tomorrow. Um, we're just waiting on sixty. Uh, what was the what was the price point, Paddy? Paddy, easy knowing who looked after all this. And I was told just put it up on the website, <laughs> In, including shipping to the UK. Sixteen pounds. Sixteen pounds. Okay, that's where you go for it. So yeah, excellent. Well, that's something. As I say, oh, somebody mentioned about beanie hats. I am. Just, I am actually inquiring about beanie hats. The biggest problem there is uh, supply chain issues prior to Christmas. I'm trying to, I'm hoping and I'm trying to get them in before Christmas. Um, may have a, like, uh, depending on when the, when the, um, the, the supplier gets back to me as to when they'll be able to have them for me. It's usually about a four week turnaround, but I could certainly, if it is a four week turnaround, I could certainly take, um, take some pre-orders and those. So keep an eye out on that as well. And if anybody is particularly does want one, DM me. And I can send off some orders for beanie hats there as well. And um, we sent them, we did them a while ago, and I don't have mine to hand here. I usually have a close, close by, but I just don't have it, um, at the moment. Um, anyway, that's enough about that. That's enough about merchandise. I was kind of uncomfortable talking about merchandise and, and stuff like. I don't know. It's the Irish in me. I think you kind of get comfortable trying. To stuff. Um, but what I what I'm not uncomfortable about trying to hawk is, guys. I just have this this vain glorious. Um, target of trying to get to 5,000 sub- subscribers on YouTube before Christmas. It would be great. We're on about 4219 4, at the moment. So if you think of anybody, like, you know, rob someone's phone. Just if, if, if you rob it, subscribe and give them back their phone. Yeah. There's going to be no Don't keep the phone. phone. Don't keep the phone. <laughs> Take the phone, force them to put their fingerprint on it so the phone opens up, hit subscribe on YouTube, and then hand it back to them and go, let them go about their day. It's a, it's a victimless crime. Victimless crime. Um, so I'm expecting to hear spates of uh, of that going around the, the Birmingham area over the next uh, over the next week or so. It'd just be cool. I just think it'd be nice, a uh, nice round number. That's the that's what's wrong with me. With me, I like the round numbers. But uh, Paddy, getting back to the match anyway. There was another question I had to ask. I, I had to ask you there. Um, do you know of anyone who's going to the game? I know a few people going to the game. Yeah. Yeah. Because it would be interesting. I'd love to get their take on it. I'd love to get their opinion on it and what it's like going to the theatre of um, protests. Is that what they what they want to call it now? The theatre of protests. Um, uh, because as I say, they don't like. I've I've done a couple of Manchester United podcasts. They're really sound guys. I must say. Um, you know, when when I've in the podcasts I've done. Yeah. Uh, last week, um, but they did say that the fan base is very split. Some of them are willing to give it time. Some of them want to burn the place down and rebuild a new club again. And I was kind of saying, but United and Manchester have already done that. So 
got to come up. We can't, can't just keep on creating new teams. Uh, but, uh, you know, it'd be just very interesting to see what way the, the atmosphere would be. I'm sure the atmosphere would be fantastic, be fantastic there yeah. to start it, the game. It, it's going to be a bit different because I, th- I, think, I, think, I so. think we've got 8,000 tickets, which yeah. is incredible. All the tickets, absolute yeah. load so of tickets. I'm hoping that's something that United you know, are going to regret because it's uh, Midnight Mark is there. Midnight Mark is there, yeah. You can actually read that one. <laughs> Oh, did you? Oh, it was you couldn't read the other ones because of your eyesight, is it? I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I didn't, see, I just noticed that it's there now. Yeah, um, yeah, look, I, I stopped going to United away because it was just years of heartache and, and never seen them, uh, win there. And, and, it, and it's a dilapidated old place, it's not, it's not the most pleasant place to go and visit, yeah, you know. And I, I, I never found any character, I never found any atmosphere, I never, it's just a place I never warmed to. Um, I suppose just just poor performances and poor results, and and being robbed is just what I remember about Old Trafford, you know. So yeah, just I just don't have any desire to go there for 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 an away game. So, um, plus I like to like to go to new places now and yeah. try new places. So absolutely, um, no, as I say, it would be interesting to. To hear back from people who are going that would uh, and James James Cartwright is going as well. So, uh, guys, when we do have our post match, if you guys are walking through the through the streets of Manchester, number one, stay safe. And a Thursday night in Manchester, a Thursday night in anywhere, and especially now that the the clocks are gone back and it's dark at the, at night, stay safe anyway when you're getting home. But uh, if you were to pop on um and and just leave a comment, let us know how 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 you guys felt the atmosphere was. Obviously, it's going to be fantastic if we've won three one again, and I hope to all of the gods that we do. But uh, uh, I suppose really they they very much. In fairness to Manchester United and the teams that win an awful lot like that, they're really good at compartmentalizing, and they will support like mad when they're winning, and then they won't support like mad when they're not. So it's very much a kind of a roller coaster <laughs> situation. You know, and back and forth and back and forth emotionally. So just I just find that that would be interesting. And look, we're going there from a position of strength as well. Like, how many times do we get to have that deja vu match going into the second game, specifically against Manchester United, having broken a 23-year streak? I just think it would be a nice occasion. Um, and, uh, yeah, as I say, hopefully Aston Villa can go there and they can win and they can win well again and really put down a marker because a lot of people are talking about Aston Villa now as if, oh, where did this come from? And, mm-hmm. like, I'm talking about it a lot saying, where did this come from? Because I didn't expect it. But Utenay no mug, you know, and and uh, the stranger things that have happened than going on 13 game unbeaten runs uh, when you get a new manager. Just look at Newcastle well, United. <laughs> Um, look, I, I'd be happy with a, a three or four wins out of the next five or six, as opposed to a thir- thirteen yeah. games would be off yeah. the scales. But just just a, a quick word on the manager himself. It, he it was refreshing to watch him. He's basically the conductor of the orchestra. He's incredible. He's so hands on. It's absolutely incredible. Very. We we saw Austin McPhee step forward a couple of times during the game when when there was an injury and players came forward then we saw other coaches come off the bench um but I also want to give a, a shout out to Austin McPhee because I heard today that Austin McPhee wrote to the referees association because he did some science that the referees weren't pacing out the full 10 yards interesting 
all of a sudden this weekend. <laughs> Wait a minute. Sorry. I was only kind of, uh, okay. Full, full transparency there. I was about 75% listening because I was trying something new and, and the software there. And you guys, they didn't pay, they weren't pacing out the full yards. They weren't uh, in no game. I think, Jesus. I think, I think the average was, was uh, 8.8 yards or something. So nobody was getting their full 10 yards. So this weekend, apparently, they were pacing out the 10 yards. Even United, if, if you saw the free kick that Ronaldo hammered into the wall, the wall looked miles away than it normally did. Yeah. And the same goes for Luca Dean, who scored a goal from it. So these guys aren't, aren't obviously dishing out the full 10 yards because they're, t- they're too busy putting their um, shaving foam back into their pockets and sorting all that crap out. <laughs> Um, telling people the rules about what they can and can't do, all, all that stuff, and, and forget what they're supposed to be doing themselves. So Austin McPhee apparently did the science because Stephen Gerrard was giving out to him going, you, you do all this work on the, on the training ground, we can't get the ball over the wall. So what the hell is going on here? So he said, let me work on that. He worked on that, and he approached the PGMOL, and as a result, we're now seeing 10 yards being paced out properly. Well, I, I have heard previously that he is quite, um, how am I going to put this? He's quite bullish about stats and about the importance of set piece. And look, I know that this, this, this very much sounds like a change of tune, but I suppose really the more that you hear about the man, he, he seems to like be very kind of obsessive about the role of set piece coaching. And he, he does more than just set piece coaching, but that's his that's where he's allowed mm-hmm. have free reign, I think, within 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 the club and within a lot of setups he's in but he does seem to be pretty obsessive about that and you know if he's going to the lengths of of pointing out to the referees that you know yes <laughs> some of you have bigger feet than others you know <laughs> and that and look they're they're the margins they're the margins that you yeah. want to work to and they're the margins you want to work with and and if you can get them to to highlight it and then more more power to him but uh, and, we, and look he he may have resurrected a dying art because people are are just not scoring from from free kicks. If you if you if you look back in our recent history, we we haven't scored other than Jack touching the ball to uh to Connor Horan. I'll keep going even though you're gone off the screen, Neil. Um, Jack did touch the ball to Connor Horan to hit a free kick. Um, back in twenty twenty, and um, we I think the last one before that was I think it was Man United away Westwood or someone scored. That was our last Premier League goal anyway. I know Connor got a few, so uh. Yeah, so that's that's what Austin McPhee has done, and hopefully we'll see because the, you can't beat a good free kick, uh, dead ball situation, and 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 uh, goals being scored from them. Look at those transitions; they make me they make me really proud. Um, make me very that, worried though. I thought you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was. Do you know what? I was going to really freak you out there, and I was going to use the the uh, the new feature behind here where only you can hear me. And no one on the other side can hear me as well. So it's a little walkie-talkie feature in this thing, which is pretty cool, uh, which would be great if we had a producer, um, which would be absolutely fantastic. Then I wouldn't need to be clicking on everything here and I'd be able to concentrate at more than 65% of what you're saying <laughs> sometimes. But uh, no, I agree with you. that like One thing you said there, the dying art of the free kick taker, um, like it's it, it can be... I'm, I'm not going to say it's going to be... Uh, an, equalizer as such from the point of view of um what am i trying to get at here like like if you've got a good free kick taker it should be a benefit to you it should stop teams from having to from giving away a freeze around the box we've seen it with the likes of uh you know james war everybody's clamoring for a james war 
lots of teams throughout the league wanted James Ward-Prowse. Being honest with you, looking at Southampton this year and looking at them for portions of last year, James Ward-Prowse has been mediocre in open play. I know you've never been fully, fully on board with him, Paddy, as in, you know, you've always felt that he's, he's hustle and bustle and, uh, you know, you take out the delivery from set pieces and, and that he's, uh, he's average enough. But I've always thought he was a small bit better than that. Um, but what I'm trying to get at here is that, you know, that, that if, you're, if you want, if you have somebody who is putting in an awful lot in their craft to take free kicks and they're practicing and the wall is 10 yards back, you know, if the wall has been measured out to be 10 yards back and if it's been set up in training and you know that it's been it's uh, it's been simulated to be exactly 10 yards back. And then you come into a game situation, the wall's only 8.3 yards back or the wall's only you know, 7.9 yards back, whatever the hell it is, you know. And, and it is so variable, you know. It's very much a case of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 steps from the referee. Well, then I suppose really, like, does that help or hinder a team that really would be set-piece, set-piece, uh, uh, set piece dominant, you know, and um, I suppose look, it's just one of those things that uh, that people overlooked. I remember David Moyes. Was it David Moyes said recently that the next area of the game that's really going to be uh, looked into is uh, throw-ins, and I'm not talking about Roy Delap type throw-ins, but you know, uh, throw-ins from uh, from the middle of the field and stuff like that. I'm not talking about, as I say, launching them into the box, mm. but where can you get those incremental gains, you know, from a throw-in? Um, and uh, I, I presume it's probably going on at the moment, you know. So uh, the game has just gone down to the fine margins at this at this level. So if it is gone down to the fine margins from a setup point of view, well, then the referee, the least the referee could do, or at least the least the free kick taker could 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 do, is expect the ball to be ten yards back. Now, personally, I think the ball ball was more than ten yards back uh, when Dinia pipped it up over it. But uh, I'm not going to complain about that either. Yeah, I paused it there and had a look at it. At, at length when I was watching the match there and I, I, I don't think it was much more if it was more and Ronaldo's free kick was certainly the same distance between him and the wall when it came to it in the second half the one he hit into the wall so what's good for the goose is good for the gander but it, it'll cut down those cynical fouls in front of the box if people are, are um aware that this, you know, I, I would imagine, I, ne- I never realised it, you never realised it, but this has obviously been going on for a while. So mm. the players may realise it's gonna, it, it's been harder to get it up and down over the wall. So if that's going if that's going to be a, a, a factor now going forward, it'll, it'll cut out those cynical frees in front of the box. We might mm. see a bit more uh, open play goals from the edge of the box. Yeah. Um. Well, as Nick, Nick Hemming says here that Mark Goldbridge was complaining of 12 yards for that free kick. Well, then check out the United stand is that what his his podcast is and uh we'll see uh we will check that out we will that's, see that's, if he that's is not like mark goldbridge to be complaining about anything no it's not <laughs> it's not indeed it's not um guys i think that's kind of going to do it for us as i say this has been a kind of a real kind of flipping kind of podcast today working with some new software and um, might be back to the old to the old setup um uh, for for thursday night i'm not quite sure we'll have a uh Team Sheet Tantrum on Thursday night, which will be at oh, I can't remember. I can't I, I literally about four times I've checked the checked the time in the match. Uh yeah, ten to seven. So it'll be six fifty. Um we will be here for a team sheet tantrum and we'll be back for a post-match po- post-match podcast afterwards. Well, I'll be here anyway. Um and then on Sunday, Neil, I just ha- I just have to interrupt you. I just had a big win. Well, I'm 30 seconds away from a big win. <laughs> what do you mean? 
Barcelona went down to 10 men just after half time and they were 1-0 down. They went down to 9 men and they're, they're after coming back and they're 2-1 up with a minute ah, to go. Excellent. I'm, I'm <laughs> a Barcelona fan. Well, they're, they're, uh, I'm a Barcelona fan because I met Patrick Clivert in Abelardo. Ah, sorry, didn't meet him. I saw them training on the new camp field when I was getting the tour around the new camp when I was there on holidays when I was about 16. And uh, I remember when I came home, I had the coolest Barcelona, Barcelona backpack that you've ever seen. And uh, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm going to be down at my parents' house on Friday. I might go up into the attic and see if I can break that out again because it was just the bee's knees and I'd have no problem wearing it around the place right now. 21 years on it. <laughs> I have absolutely no problem with it um, yeah so we will actually be back so team sheet tantrum and post match on Thursday two days time Sunday team sheet tantrum at the moment I'm at a wedding on Saturday and I'm travelling four hours back home so I'm hoping to get back in to do a team sheet tantrum at some stage uh, it might be an abridged one it might be a shorter one um, I probably I, I will also be on the move Sunday because I'm heading to see the mighty Shelbourne play in the yes. FA, the Irish FA Cup final for the English exactly. people who are our, our season ends on uh, on Sunday. Um, we we call it summer football. That's why it ends in November. How Irish! Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we have a, an FA Cup final on Sunday. So I'm I'm going to miss the second half of the Villa game, unfortunately, but I'll see it afterwards. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, Sunday. We'll we'll try and get a team sheet tantrum in there. Probably won't get a post match in on Sunday, but we'll keep you all up to date on Twitter. If you're not subscribed, if you don't give this a thumbs up, um, I won't take any less of you, but I'd really like if you did give us a thumbs up and subscribe to the podcast. The glasses as well. Keep an eye out on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter, we'll put up a, a link for the glasses on Twitter uh, tomorrow once I for, once I for, finally formalise them on the website. And um, as I say, we get, we're going to have a cut-off point for orders for Christmas as well. Um, yeah. I would or two, Paddy, I'll take something offline with you there in a moment. One or two people have asked a very valid question about uh, maybe picking them up somewhere around Birmingham. We, we, we might see what the story is there. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but we will get answers to anything for you guys uh, on that. Um, but that's going to do it for us tonight. Thanks a million to everybody for, for uh, tuning in. In the meantime, and I hope I can end this podcast because I don't know where the end broadcast button is. Uh, so I'm just going to fill <laughs> for a while until I find it. So in the meantime, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and here's to an Aston Villa win, hopefully, against Manchester United in their backyard on Thursday in the League Cup. And all that's left to say is up the Villa. Up the Villa. Sports Social Podcast Network.